I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 414. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Did you ever have a hiding place as a child, um, a place where you felt safe and hidden, maybe even a place where you could just get away from it all or be creative and breathe? That to me is the very definition of a refuge. I can picture it. I can smell it. I can feel it. And to be honest, there are days when I wish I could go back to that childhood hideaway. Skillet's new song, Refuge, reminds us that God is our refuge, our safe harbor, our hiding place, and we can trust him. And scripture teaches that too. In fact, that's where the band got their idea for the lyrics in the first place. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, Before we dive into scripture, however, inspired by this song, let's listen. Face my darkest night Cause I trust you with my life I'm not afraid for you Oh my refuge When it's heavy on my chest You're the place I catch my breath A behind the song interview by Kevin Davis over at New Release Today, I discovered that the band uh, Skillet was thinking of Psalm 46 when they wrote this song. And while I didn't choose Psalm 46 for this episode, we used another song to dive into that psalm over at episode 233. So if you want to check that one out, I think it would be very complimentary. But I'll link to this behind the song article and a YouTube video of John with Skillet talking about how they hope their song will inspire those of us who are feeling anxious and weak and how they're hoping that we will place our faith in God to make it through. And it's just what the writer of Psalm 62, King David, calls the singers of his song to do as well. Trust in God. There are actually 10 Psalms that talk about God being our refuge and studying one or all of them would be a worthwhile experience. But today we're going to stick with Psalm 62 and our inspiration verse is verse eight. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. As I began to ponder this idea of God being my refuge, I read the psalm all the way through. And I'm not going to do that for you today right now. We're gonna, we are going to make it through the psalm. I'm just not going to read it all the way through at first. But you can swing it. It's only 12 verses. you know. And that's using the Bible interaction tool exercise of reading in context. And reading in context in the psalms is the easiest because they are each self-contained in their own chapter. So reading in context when you read in the psalms just means you got to read the whole psalm. And then I used another extremely useful Bible interaction tool exercise, and I call these exercises bites for short, and the bite that I used was to define the word. 
like in the English dictionary. And this is not some fancy Greek or Hebrew word study. This is just straight up, go look it up in the dictionary. And when I look up the word refuge on dictionary.com, I have the app too, because I use this all the time. I see it means a shelter or protection from danger or trouble um, or anything to which one has recourse for aid, relief, or escape. And are you are you in a season of life where you could use some relief, <laughs> perhaps some help? Do you need to escape trouble? Then you need a refuge, and God is our refuge. Now, a way to take defining a word to the next level, in my opinion, is to look up synonyms for the word as well. And so I clicked over to thesaurus.com and noted words like fortress and haven, retreat, sanctuary, hiding place, protection, stronghold, shelter. You may have heard it in the chorus I just this just played. Our song uses the phrase, you are the place I catch my breath. I love that. It's 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 made its way into some of my prayers this week as I've been thinking about God being my refuge. A place to catch my breath is just what I would consider a place of refuge. And then they go on the song to say other things like you're the place I find my rest, which again is another way to say refuge. You're the only one I run to. We run to, for safety and protection and aid. And they sing, you're my rock, you're my fortress, both synonyms of refuge, you're my strength, you're my shield, you're my defense, all found in scripture to describe our God. This is a wonderful song to add to your regular listening and singing. It is just brimming with scriptural references to the character of God, something that you want to keep your mind's eye focused on at all times and the words of your mouth be singing at all times. So let me point out something here. God is our refuge, not a refuge. And this is a point that King David so deftly makes in Psalm 62. So let's jump in. Verse 1, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Did you hear it? He alone is our rock and salvation, my fortress where we will never be shaken. You know, we want a place of security and stability How often do we look for other sources of refuge? We look at our money, a predictable life, our health. We want these plus God to be our refuge. But as scripture so succinctly points out, God alone is our rock and our salvation. Let's keep reading. There's only one reason David would be waiting on God for victory. And that's in that he was in some sort of fight of his life. Listen to this. Verse 3. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. David had enemies and they were literally trying to take his life. But remember, as believers in Christ, we have an enemy too. And the enemy of our soul, Satan, he and his principalities and powers are trying to take us down too. And perhaps when they look at our broken lives, they see a busted up disintegrating wall. Take the bite of using your imagination here. Picture a broken down wall. Picture a, a tottering fence. Think about it. Picture it in your mind. What does that look like in your mind? And then remember, this was written by a king. What would a broken down wall and a tottering fence look like in his mind's eye? 
David's enemies considered him an easy target, a pushover, really. Like, like they could just walk up to the tottering fence of his life and give it a good shove, and that would be the end of him. I'm taking the bite of making some observations. Let's make a few more. What do we observe about David's enemies, besides the fact that we've already noted that they think that they can best him? Well, David's enemies were close to him. Did you hear it in verse four? They praise him to his face, but curse him in their hearts. These enemies were personal. And our enemy uses people to shake us up as well. It's personal. It's face to face personal. Another observation is that the tactic of his enemy was to tell lies. Hmm. Just like their father, Satan, the father of lies. The enemy's game plan has not changed since the beginning. It is his delight to tell lies, just as it was David's enemy's delight to tell lies. And another observation is that their goal is total destruction. It says, so many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. I'm reminded of 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy's goal for our lives is total destruction. So what do we do? Well, we do what David is willing himself to do. Wait quietly before God. Why? Because his hope is in him. Now, I know this is a song, and so just like a song, there's a rhythm and a poetic nature to the thing, but I want to highlight here that David repeats himself in verses 5 and 6. Verses 1 and 2 starts out like this, a declaration. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. And verse 5 and 6 are the same, but are they? Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. Verse 1 declares that he waits, declares that he waits quietly before God. And verse 5 is almost like a prayer. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. Have you ever done that? Declared something in your faith life to be true, but later discovered that you're not all in? It's almost as if David is saying, I wait quietly before God, and then discovers that there are parts of him that are not waiting quietly before God. Like he's uncovered an area of his life, uh, his thought life, or his actions that are not consistent with waiting quietly before God. In verse 1, David says, my victory comes from him. And in verse 5, he says, for my hope is in him. We're using the bite of compare and contrast, by the way. It is such a useful tool to really unearth the fine points of the inspired word of God. Both are true, right? Our victory comes from God and our hope can be placed in him. My pastor is a fan of declarations from scripture, not in a like a name it and claim it prosperity gospel sort of way, but in a scripture is true and I'm going to declare its truth over my life sort of way. It's it's in a, in a battle is already won sort of way. All the while we must recognize when we are still in the battle, a, a both and type of prayer and declaration. Both the battle is already won and God will help me in the battle. I hope that makes sense. I really feel like that's what God, what David is doing here in this psalm. The first verse is a declaration of truth. I wait quietly and my victory is in God. And the fifth verse is simultaneously a prayer. Let all that I am wait quietly because my hope for eventual, eventual victory is in God. 
Uh, Both verse 2 and verse 6 are word for word the same. Uh, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. Uh, Well, not exactly word for word. One is never be shaken and one is not be shaken. I think it has the same meaning. I do find it the nuance is interesting, right? So one is just this strong declaration and uh, and the other is is a, a declarative prayer as well. God is not changing. We are. He is our refuge, not a refuge, but the only refuge, solid and unmovable as a rock. He offers salvation. He is our salvation. He offers it and he is it. When we hide our lives within the walls of his fortress, we will not be shaken. And I love verse seven as we keep reading, my victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. You see, David's life was at risk. Victory over the enemy was a necessity, but his honor was also at risk. You know, a city with broken down walls was a disgrace. And Proverbs says a life with broken down walls is also a disgrace. And in verse uh, 28 of of Proverbs 25, it says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Any king worth his salt will live a life of self-control. And in case you're falling into the trap of observing King David from afar, Don't forget, we are royal ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and we're called to bear the fruit of God's spirit that abides within us. And self-control is evidence of God's presence within us. But just as self-control is not something we do, but something that God does, we're just a vessel. David is recognizing that that fact. My victory and honor come from God alone. Does David have to actually fight in battles? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we read that in the narratives of scripture. He he fights. He's he's a uh, warrior. Must David live in an honorable way to have honor? Yes. But both victory and honor come from God alone. It is this perspective that keeps us humble and dependent upon him as we recognize in the in-between that we have great and precious promises. But what is the rest of verse seven? My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. David's enemies are active. We already made several observations in that area, but God, God is our refuge. God protects us in a way that our enemy cannot reach us. We've seen David make a declaration and a cry out in prayer, and and now we see an exhortation. He's going to convey some urgent advice to his people in verse 8. It is our theme verse for this episode. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. I love the word for there. You see, God is our refuge, and so what should we do? We should trust him at all times and pour out our hearts to him. Do you see it again? A a both and sort of statement. Trust in him, period, at all times. But in the midst of your trusting, pour your heart out. What's in your heart? Doubt? Fear? Anxiety? Rebellion? Pour your heart out to God, my friend. Why? Because God's a safe place, a place to catch your breath. God alone is your refuge. And it is at this point of the psalm that we get a glimpse into the issues at hand in the heart of David. Where is he failing to go all in? Where does he have a tendency to put his trust? Where is he leaned in as a source of safety and protection and refuge? Up first, people. 
We tend to put our trust in people. We lean into them to give us safety and refuge. Here's David, verse 9. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Rich people, poor people, powerful people, unknown people, not the rock of our salvation, not a place of refuge, not substantive at all, lighter than a breath of air. Up next, money. We feel secure when we have money and we will sometimes go to great lengths to secure it and put great faith in it and live in deep despair without it. It is all consuming when we make money our refuge. And here's David, verse 10. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. I I feel like David is saying, want to know how I know? (laughs) You know, this is not an exhortation from a high tower. It's an exhortation from the fields of life where he's tried it and come out wanting, but obviously still struggles with it. Thus the prayer, let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord. And then with finality, we hear David remind us and himself in verse 11 and 12. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what they have done. So what's next? Wait quietly before the Lord in prayer and meditation on his word. Sit in Psalm 62 this week. Make observations. Compare and contrast verses. Ponder the fine points of this psalm. Pour your heart out in honest prayer to God. Confess where you have placed your trust in people or money or anything else and declare today that God alone is your refuge. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. Michelle L. Nizat is my public Facebook page. I really would love to talk about what you're learning there. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, I would be honored if you subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I'm able to email you once a week with the show notes of with all the scriptures that I use. I also link to any resources that I use in my personal study in those uh, show notes. And my featured free resource for email subscribers this week is a one-page PDF of my top five bites. You can get started moving merely beyond reading scripture and start interacting with it. Use this tool to help. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. With that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Kitty from Alabama, Ruth from Texas, Stephen from California, Annie from California, Roxanne from Nevada, Carrie from California, Brenda from the U.S., and Susan from Illinois. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com. Through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, you can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And you can leave a review by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Just like P. Sims did when they wrote, I stumbled on your podcast on Amazon Music after playing So Will I. 
Thank you for the inspiring words. Not all Christian music points us in the direction of scripture, but while I may not always agree theologically with them, I agree with the idea that we have to know what is truth before we know what is not. So when our hearts are in completely in sync with God's word, we can discern those words that may not be biblical. They sound great to our ears, but rattle in our spirit. You've helped to clarify that in your podcast. So thank you for doing what God created you to do. Well, thank you for taking the time to leave this review and for your dedication to the truth of God's word. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Poetry by Taylor Leonhardt. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 414. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.